Before we uh, jump into the podcast, we'd like to welcome a new sponsor, Boyer's Coffee has joined our team, and we absolutely love it. Boyer's a proud Colorado company, been roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. They're slow roasted at altitude, and that means for Boyer's, less humidity, a slower burn, and the results in Boyer's signature, smooth taste. I love me some Boyer's Coffee. Boyer's Coffee is as unique as the company. Their legendary roasts include Rocky Mountain Thunder, Denver Blend, Aspen Gold, just to name a few. And they've got a bunch of them. The list of choices goes on and on. And something else we love, many of their coffees have an organic version. So many options to get your Boyer's at King Super, Safeway, Sam's Club, Walmart, and the list goes on. And if you loved hanging out at their old school house cafe... It's kind of cool. They've set up a mobile coffee bar outside their location at 73rd and Washington. So stop by and order up a coffee, a latte, whatever you like. Also, you can pick up some bagged coffee or Keurig cups from the Coffee Cottage, which is right next to the mobile coffee bar. Now, if you'd like to get your coffee from the comfort of your home, check out their website, boyerscoffee.com, and order some of their legendary roast. If you're a coffee aficionado, and I am, you will absolutely love Boyer's Coffee. Again, check them out at boyerscoffee.com. On this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman, Dave and Julie recap the big win versus the Dolphins. Any win is a big, big win, but playing a good team and playing well in all three phases of the game, that's uh, that's a bonus. The Broncos running game finally gets going. And I thought there were two or three wrinkles that we had not seen all year in the running game that were really creative and obviously worked. 33 carries and what they finished with, I think 189 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's big-time production. Does Justin Simmons deserve a new contract? I think the Broncos wanted to see from him uh, his ability to be a playmaker this year, and he, he's made some big, big plays. Julie surprises Dave with her high school sports knowledge. This one, do you get max preps? I actually sign up for max preps, dude. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I never would have thought that. If you keep up, Why? Because I just didn't, I don't view you as a max prep sort of girl. Do the Broncos get two wins in a row with Drew Brees out for this week's game? You do not get a break with Taysom Hill at quarterback. You don't. What you have essentially is a running back that can throw playing quarterback. And what are Julie and Dave's Thanksgiving plans with the COVID restrictions? I'm not even sure. Does the turkey count as one? (laughs) How many people can we have in the house? Is it five or less than four? What is it? All that and more on this episode of the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 57. We finally have a few things to be happy about because yesterday, what a performance by the Broncos as they beat the Miami Dolphins 20-13. to 13. I listened to the last part of the game on the radio and you had a pep in your step. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a heck of a lot easier uh, calling a game <laughs> in which, well, first of all, it's a competitive game. Yeah. Second of all, they have a lead and have a chance to win. That's a huge win for them. And I know people will find various things that they didn't like about the game, but you could do that for, for any game in the NFL or any level of football. But I, I thought given the fact that Miami had won five games in mm-hmm. a row and given the fact that Drew Locke throws a pick on, Ugh, on the first series, he's 0 for 6 to start the game, and yet they battle back. And I, I want to say this. I credit uh, Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, because I've been waiting 
for some new wrinkles in the running game. And if you've heard any of these podcasts, we've talked a lot about that. Right? You've got to find ways to give your guys a chance to have a little success. No running game means you lose. And, and I thought there were two or three wrinkles that we had not seen all year in the running game that were really creative and obviously worked. 33 carries and what they finished with, I think 189 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's big-time production. So talking about just the win, to me, it was the most satisfying win, but I think was also the best offensive performance. And remember, coming off what we talked about being the worst loss of the Vic Vangio era against the Raiders. Yeah, they just were horrible against the Raiders on offense. Um, so this was a big win. I mean, I, again, I think Miami, if you look at them statistically defensively, not a great defense, right? Not not great against the rush, not great against the pass. Good against Statistically, turnovers, though. Oh, great turning the ball over. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they've been winning. They've been winning, turning people over, and they have great special teams. Their offense is really young. They start two rookie linemen on the right side of their offensive line. I think that showed yesterday. But the reality is you still had to find a way to win. You gave them seven points with the turnover. They start in the 22-yard line, and that's 7 nothing. At that point, you know, the whole thing could have gone south, really, in a big, big hurry. It's one of the times that I thought the home team, in this case the Broncos yesterday, benefited from only having 5,700 fans in the stands. So that they didn't get booed? Yeah. So that, That's a great point. So that it wouldn't, that. Uh, it wouldn't be so loud. Because I could hear, you know, we, we broadcast the games and our windows are open, so essentially it's like we're sitting in the stands. I mean, I could hear... Some of those 5,700 were very, very vocal early in that game. And I can imagine if there were 78,000, yeah. that might have been difficult to overcome. But credit credit the game plan by Pat Shermer. Credit the offensive line. I mean, they didn't give up a sack. And one of the reasons, I think, that they had their best day was that they established the run. Right, If you're running the ball as a defensive lineman, you can't just pin your ears back and try to go rush the passer. You run right out of run lanes. And so by running early and establishing that they were able to create some things in the run game, it really helped their offensive line of protection. Drew Locke not sacked one time, and the Broncos got six sacks on the Miami quarterbacks. And, and Miami had been pretty good in that regard. They had only given up 14 total in nine weeks. So good performance all the way around when you talk about against the run and running it more isn't that decided by personnel like this couldn't be the first time that pat Shermer actually thought well we're going to establish the run right no i thought he was i thought he he was uh, i thought it was a game plan specific work mm-hmm. and i think by that i mean there were two or three listen i go back after calling the game i go back and look at every single snap to see what I can see in terms of what they're doing. And there were two or three formations and actual runs that they had not run one time this year. And so I, so that was a good job game planning what Shermer and the offensive coaches thought they were going to get with that Miami defense. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was well designed. It was well executed. I mean, you had both backs. You know, you balanced the carries. Uh, I would like to see Melvin Gordon not fumble the ball going in for the clinching touchdown. But um, both backs were very productive. Both backs were uh, effective. And it just makes it easier 
on your offensive line in terms of pass protection, and it makes it easier on your quarterback. I mean, Drew Locke threw the ball 30 times. Previous four games, he'd thrown the, time, thrown the ball 40 times or more four straight games. You can't win in this league unless you're Patrick Mahomes and maybe a couple of other guys. You can, but the Broncos can't win on a consistent basis if Drew Locke is throwing the ball 40 or more times. Okay, the first thing that comes to your head, you got to be honest. Do you trust Melvin Gordon with the ball? Um, um is not a correct I'm answer. I'm just processing your question. <laughs> yeah, I do, but he's got to stop putting the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. He ran. I mean, when when he when he fumbled the football, it was great second effort and third effort, and I like that. Mm-hmm. He's a powerful back, but he has shown a propensity during his career to put the ball on the ground a little bit too much for me. So, you know, you look at Philip Lindsay, different, completely different style of running back, but Philip Lindsay in two years and what is it now, 10 games, has never lost a fumble. God, that's unbelievable. So, you know, Melvin Gordon just has to, he's got to be more aware of ball security. And uh, But I, I liked the way he, he ran the ball. So, yes... I'm going to trust him with the ball, but he's got to get that fixed. I was listening again to the post game and or the end of the game, and you and Rick were talking about special teams. And finally, you can say something good about special teams. It's been a rough go this yeah. season. Well, you, you can say something great about Sam Martin, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, Jakeem Grant's one of the great return guys in this league. He has five career returns for touchdowns, uh, three on kickoffs, two on punts. And so... And, and he, he has the only punt return for a touchdown this year in the NFL. Took one back 88 yards against the Rams. So it was important not to lose the game on special teams, which we've seen the Broncos, uh, you know, we've seen them up and down. But, but for the year, they haven't played very sound special teams. But Sam Martin averaged over 50 yards a kick. I think he punted the ball four times. Not one time did he give Jakeem Grant a chance to catch the ball. I mean, he angled the punt driving it out of bounds and that's a little bit harder than it seems because at times directional punting you know you're going to have a shank in there and mm-hmm. one of your punts is going to go about 27 yeah didn't happen for him he was sam martin was a huge weapon yesterday for the broncos it got a little scary at the end when melvin gordon fumbled the ball and there was a chance that they could come back and tie but i think it was the most satisfying win in that all three phases of the game clicked right six sacks for the defense we just talked about special teams we just talked about um offensively all the adjustments were made and successful like that was kind of brings you back to okay this is what we're talking about when we're watching the broncos yeah i thought uh, i thought the defensive game plan was really aggressive with tua um it reminded me a little bit of how the falcons played against the broncos offense and other defenses, when they get a young, inexperienced quarterback in there, whether it's Drew Locke in, I guess, officially a second year, but to me still a rookie in terms of games played, or to a tongue of Iloa, um, I mean, they were bringing uh, second-level people. They, he had a lot of color in his face. And I thought uh, whether he – I thought he may have tweaked his ankle or knee when Bradley Chubb sacked him. Uh, and so it seemed like the right time to put Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game. But as soon as Fitzpatrick came in the game, I got worried mm-hmm. because he's a guy, he, he's played 16 years. There's really nothing you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. He's very calm. And, you know, the last couple of series with him at the helm, 
you sort of had to hold on to your hat. And the game-winning interception by Justin Simmons in the Broncos' end zone, that drive started on the Miami 1, and it worked all the way down to inside the Broncos' 20. So, right. yeah, Fitzpatrick is uh, is a really smart quarterback. Obviously, you don't stay around the league at, at that position 16 years without being that. But um, I, I thought early they, they did a nice job on, on Tua Tungavailoa. Did you see flashes, though, from Tua that you thought, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I like him. Uh, really quick release. Very accurate with the ball. Uh, good athlete. You know, can step up into the pocket, can buy himself a little bit of time. They just, I mean, they're young up front, as I said, two starters on the right side of the offensive line that are rookies. So, and they're not, they're not a finished product in offense. Right, but I thought the Broncos did exactly what they had to do: keep him in the pocket. They pressured him. They did a nice job covering in the back end. Gave him some different looks. Uh, I thought I thought they confused him several times in terms of where do I go with the ball, and uh, and and the pass rush was really outstanding. I mean, they they were able to generate significant pressure on on Tonga Vailoa with four guys, and when they brought five, I mean, he had to get out of the pocket quick. So. Uh, just overall, I mean, at this point of the season, playing the way they have played, any win is a big, big win. But playing a good team and playing well in all three phases of the game, that's uh, that's a bonus. Be honest. Did you practice Tua's last name a few times? Tua Tungavaloa. That kind of rolled off the tongue. Tua Tungavaloa. That's good. Well, listen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I butchered. I tell you, Miami has more crazy names than uh, any single NFL team going. Whose name did you butcher? Fejalim. Is that how you really pronounce it? That's how you pronounce it. And what'd you say? When I looked at it quickly, he made a tackle and looked at it quickly. It was like, Anyway, first and 10. Yeah, right. So, but I came back and corrected it. But yeah, they got a bunch of guys. Yeah. Well, good thing that you're not yeah. the Dolphins. Emmanuel Ogba. Well, there you go. Uh, Justin Simmons, not hard to pronounce. Um, I love when Justin... I'm a big fan of Justin Simmons as a player, as a person. Of course you are. Well, he's a great guy. No, I agree. Why do you say that? I agree. Why do you say like that? Because I've known you for 30 years, but go ahead. I like it when good things happen to good people. I agree. Yeah, so let's pay the No argument for me. Yeah, let's pay the man. Oh, you mean like long-term contract? Yeah, yeah, I I think... I think Justin Simmons, I mean, he's had four interceptions now, none bigger than yesterday. That's mm-hmm. 15 in his career. So I think the Broncos wanted to see from him uh, his ability to be a playmaker this year. And he, he's made some big, big plays. He's tackled well. So I, I, would, I would think they would offer him a long-term deal when the season is done. Speaking of playmakers, when we come back, we're going to talk about two playmakers. One, well, actually, I was going to say Drew Brees, but he's not playing this week because they had. Could some... he get any more fractured ribs? I mean, I know they keep increasing. I'm not <laughs> sure if he breaks another rib when he walks down the stairs. I mean, initially it was like he's got four fractured ribs on one side. Two, we're up to like eleven total. He's a tough dude. Although we will not see him next week, but listen, you are not going to see Drew Brees again until the playoffs at best. You want to bet? Mark my word. Whatever you can afford to lose, mm. he's got eleven fractured. Is it eleven? Eleven. Oh, I didn't quite realize it yeah, was like his whole bet? body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you have how many? How many do you have? Twelve on each side. 
<laughs> oh my god, I didn't know. How it was many left. ribs did God give men? I don't know, but didn't we come out of it? And thank God we did. We women. Oh, very good. Thank you. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that next. <laughs> The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's at daveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter at DaveLoganPod or at Julie Brownman one time to talk about molly spirits one of our terrific sponsors lots of places to buy your booze of course but only one molly spirits they've got over twelve thousand beer wines and spirits available and two locations and you know what's great about molly's there's always somebody around to help you make your selection and man i need that if I go in and buy wine or whatever, I've got to have somebody steer me in the right direction. Their staff there is terrific. All their knowledge about the beers and wines, liquor, they're friendly. They're there to answer all your questions. They'll make you feel right at home. And if you want a rare bottle of wine, an unusual craft beer, well, they've got you covered there as well. Molly's also takes great pride in carrying a tremendous amount of Colorado craft beers, Julie's favorite, wines and whiskeys. And they love to work with local vendors. So many ways to take advantage of Molly's huge selection. You can stop in on their uh, Lakeside or Greenwood Village locations. Use their contactless curbside pickup, which is kind of nice in the apocalypse, uh, the zombie apocalypse of 2020. Or you can choose delivery for online orders placed through their website. Here's something also really cool as well. With the holidays coming up, Molly's offers special event services and will work with any budget to make sure the booze is covered, right? That's one thing that you have to have. You have to have the booze being covered. They also offer corporate orders that provide delivery services to take a typical corporate holiday party virtual and then spread the gift of booze. That's going to be one of my t-shirts that I have printed up for Christmas. Spread the gift of booze. Love Molly's. Check them out online at mollyspirits.com where you can see their unique featured products. Or stop by their Lakeside location, which is 44th and Harlan back over in my old stomping grounds, or in Greenwood Village that's located at I-25 and Arapaho. That's right next to Sprouts in the Arapaho Marketplace. Molly Spirits, it's the land of adult beverage discovery. Back in the Dave Logan Podcast, Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. Again, we appreciate you listening. Big win yesterday for the Denver Broncos, 20-13 over the Miami Dolphins at home. Denver now 4-6, and six, and the New Orleans Saints without Drew Brees rolling to town this coming Sunday. And I cannot wait to talk about that. However, I want to bring this up because I think this is fun. Um, I think in Denver we all know – you're going to hate me right now. You're kind of, kind of a big deal. Your background is – as a high school athlete is kind of a big deal. And I know you're going to say silent because you're super humble, blah, 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 blah. But this is kind of cool. Something that I found. This is on Max Preps, and probably a lot of our listeners know what that is. Um, Since when do you get Max Preps? I actually sign up for Max Preps, dude. Wow! Wow! Okay, well, I never would have thought that. If you keep up, why? Because I just didn't. I, I don't view you as a Max Preps sort of girl, but 
I mean, more power to you. Excellent. It's, it's basically anything you need to know about high school sports. Yes. Is under Max Press. Yes. So I found this, which I thought was really interesting. Randy Moss um, uh, headlines the top 50 basketball, football, dual sport high school athletes of all time. Okay. Yes. So the first three, so it says Jim Brown, Randy Moss, Patrick Mahomes among the greatest hardwood gridiron athletes. So football and basketball. Right. right. So there's a list of 50. Yep. So I thought, where is our Dave Logan on yeah, this list? Like, like you actually expected me beyond that. I kind of thought so, but I was pleasantly surprised. First of all, number one is Jim Brown. Second is Randy Moss. Third is Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry, great basketball player. Football, oh. he was a quarterback in high school, played okay. basketball, Virginia. So some of or, these names, maybe. as I go down, Quinn Buckner, uh, kind of a big deal. Tony Gonzalez, Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James is number 11. Allen Iverson is number 13. Yeah, a great quarterback. Uh, Deion Sanders is number 16. Yeah. Julius Peppers, number 18. And lo and behold, number 20 all time is Dave Logan from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, class yeah. of 1972. Yeah, that... Uh... That was that was a bit surprising. Um, I had a friend of mine that sent that to me over the weekend. Uh-huh. I had no idea, and he texted me, uh, and said, "Hey, you know, congratulations on the list." La la la. I said, "What what list? Uh-huh. Max Preps." I said, "Well, how far back did you have to go to get that?" He said, "No, it's 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 a new it's a new list, and yeah, it's up there now." Yeah, and, th- and then he sent it to me. So. Yeah, that's uh, gosh. There are some great, great athletes, great football and basketball players on that list. So, well, you're ahead of Donovan McNabb and Joe Montana. That's kind yeah, of a big I, deal. I, I had forgotten Joe was Joe was a pretty good basketball player. And Chris Carter. Chris Carter, uh, same thing. You're I, ahead I of Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, Eddie was a Eddie was a two sport guy mm-hmm. back in Pennsylvania for Dang. sure. Dang. Good. Yes, yeah, so I was. Uh, I was humbled. That was that was nice for sure. Okay. Didn't realize they kept records back that long ago, but uh, very good. Congratulations! Go. Your thank trophy, you. I think, is in the mail. Yes, thank you so much. Um, okay, let's talk about the Saints coming up on Sunday for the Broncos. Eight and two, they won seven straight games. They just beat the Falcons twenty-four to nine. What we were just talking about, however, you know, when you play the Saints, you you want to see one of the best, I think, to play the game recently, and that's Drew Brees. We won't see him because he has, as you pointed out, eleven broken ribs and a punctured lung. So Taysom Hill started the game against Atlanta, and he had, I, I don't even know Taysom Hill, who is this cat? Taysom Hill's kind of a dual threat guy, played okay. quarterback at BYU, 6'2", about 225, really athletic. They use him in a multitude of ways. They use him to, to run the ball. They'll give it to him. They use him in the passing game. He can throw. But it was, it was surprising to me that he got the start at quarterback after Drew Brees was injured. This uh, yesterday when the Falcons played the Saints over Jameis Winston, yes, right? it surprised me. Yeah, I think it, uh, it, it did surprise me. Yeah, but so, he's a very talented, very talented guy. And Emmanuel Sanders is on the Saints. Correct. Okay, how does Emmanuel Sanders feel about the Broncos franchise? I honestly, I think he's moved on. I, I would think Emmanuel. Um, it didn't end the way he wanted to, but the Broncos did him a favor. Oh, by yeah. getting him to San Francisco because he played right. in the Super Bowl and and you know by my account had every chance Niners had every chance to win that game they didn't and then he signed a pretty big deal to go to New Orleans to play with Drew Drew, Drew Brees so mm-hmm. I I would think are are there some people in the organization that Emmanuel probably is not 
all that fond of, sure, but that happens with every player. Every player that, I mean, even players who play a long time and start with one team and wind up retiring with that team. Better believe there there are some people in the organization that over the years, just they didn't get along with that player and the player felt the same way about them. So I think Emmanuel's probably in that camp. Well, look, he's playing, he played for San Francisco and now he's playing for eight and two Saints yeah, team. Like that, right. that kind of worked out okay. Okay, so Taysom Hill, I think it's a lot better for Bronco fans and the Broncos to feel better going against. What are some of these challenges though that the Broncos will face on Yeah, Sunday? that he, that that is no, I mean, Drew Brees is, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh-huh. But you do not get a break with Taysom Hill at quarterback. You don't. Uh, I I would feel better if James James Winston mm. played quarterback because, I mean, with Taysom Hill, Sean Payton again, who I I've always said I think one of the more creative offensive designers and play callers. I mean, he can get you in so many different personnel groups. Where I mean, a defense when a defense. Um, you know, when an offense substitutes, the defense, the guy, the box, the coaches upstairs have to realize, okay, which guys are coming in the game. That signifies, okay, we got to change. We got to change our personnel. We've got to go to sub package. We either go to nickel or dime or what have you. So, offensive, defensive coaches up in the box watch the opposing sideline to see when certain players come in. Now, with Taysom Hill at quarterback, a lot of that is thrown out the window because you, what you have essentially is a running back that can throw playing quarterback. So, for instance, if if New Orleans decides to go empty, which they do quite a bit with him, that's still a running back back there that can throw. Right. It's not Drew Brees, who you know is an incredibly accurate thrower, even though I think he's I think he's diminished a little bit this year. I don't really know what's the deal because he was great last year, but but he he's been good, not great this year. But when Drew Brees is back there, you know you're not getting quarterback draw. You're not getting you're yeah. not getting quarterback um, uh, inside zone. You're not getting any of that stuff. With this guy, all that stuff is alive. So it's it's a tall task for the Broncos defense. I think he rushed for 51 yards and had a couple touchdowns. Yeah, well, I saw one score uh, as we were preparing for the game at uh, in Power Field at Mile High, looking up on the uh, looking up on the TV. Uh, it was fourth down and goal from the two. I mean, normally that's for for NFL teams. That's about a ninety three or ninety four percent throw down. With Taysom Hill, they lined him up direct snap, and he ran you know quarterback power. Yeah, and waltzed into the end zone. He's an incredible athlete. He can really run. Very athletic. He can catch it. He can throw it well enough. He's he's not going to be an easy challenge. So you may be a little scared about Sunday's game. I'm not going to yes. lie. So I should yeah. be a little scared about well, Sunday's absolutely. game. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you're playing. I mean, I think you're playing arguably the best team in the NFC. I think this. You know, New Orleans. Their defense is very good. Mm. I mean, the, the the teams that could win the NFC and represent the NFC going to the Super Bowl right now. Okay, New Orleans, Green Bay, Tampa. I would say New Orleans, when healthy, is the best overall team. Green Bay with, with Aaron Rodgers is scary on offense, but they're not – I don't think they're quite good enough on defense. Uh, with Rodgers, you can win any game, but the Packer defense has not been great this year. I mean, Tampa has a nice balance, good defensively and 
with Brady and company, obviously they can be good on offense. But I would say New Orleans right now, if I had to pick a team to come out of the NFC to go to the Super Bowl in Tampa, I would take New Orleans, even with Drew Brees and his 11 broken ribs. Who would you take out of the AFC? Kansas City. Yeah. Who can upset Kansas City? Well, if this were not the zombie apocalypse year of 2020, and if the Steelers continue to win and they get home field advantage, then I think the Steelers would have a punch, puncher's chance in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in, at Heinz Field because that's a great atmosphere, home field advantage. There's no home field advantage this year. That's why you're seeing more road teams. We talked about it before the season started. I thought this would be a year that a lot of road teams uh, were successful. There's no there's no crowd noise, right? So could Kansas City go to Pittsburgh and win with the crowd there? They could, but it'd be much, much tougher. Can they go there and win basically with no fans? Absolutely, they can. I want to talk about one more thing, but before we go, did this performance by Drew Locke um, it's not going to determine. I don't think one per, this performance determines. Okay, this is the guy. Did it get you closer to that, or you need to see much, much more? Well, I mean, I think he took a positive step, right? I mean, throws four picks last week, um, battles through, you know, pain with with some bruised ribs, what have you. I'm not sure he's going to start. I thought he would start. He did start first series. Throws a pick, just a ill advised throw. And you're thinking, that, you know, on those, it's like you just want to go stick your head in a in a big bucket of water. Like, what are we doing? What what are they doing? Yeah. But to his credit, he was able to bounce back. I thought he made two or three really exceptional throws in that game. Right? He threw the the sail route to Jerry Judy uh, as the Broncos were going north. Judy caught it on the west sideline. Best throw of the game in my mind from from. Drew Locke. So I saw some things that I thought he improved on. And again, I, I think the biggest improvement was the Broncos' ability to run the ball, which takes some pressure off of the offensive line and pressure off the quarterback. How's the Saints run defense? Good. Dang it. Yeah, they're good on defense. I mean, they're a well-balanced, really good team. So this will be, you know, this is going to be a chore. I'm not saying the Broncos – Broncos have, have played hard – every single game. I'm not saying that there's no chance they can win this game, mm-hmm. but they'll have to have their best game of the season, I think, to beat the Saints. Uh, the best holidays coming up on Thursday. We will not have another podcast before Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Are happy you having? Thanksgiving. Uh, are you going to your family's house? Isn't there some sort of rule that states we can't... I'm not even sure, does the turkey count as one? <laughs> How many people can we have in the house? Is it five or less than four? What is it? It's really small. It's basically you're supposed to go to your families, and that's what I'm doing, basically. But even your family, I thought the number was like five. Well, I have a very small family. Okay. Okay, so... So you're going to your mom and dad's? Nope, I'm going to my sister's. And... And she's cooking? Yeah, but I'm bringing sides. So wh- where will you stop and buy the sides on the... Wh- where Foods, will you go? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um As we go, what are your favorite sides? You got two sides and one side that you just pass. Favorite sides at Thanksgiving? Yeah. I mean, is, is, is like dressing a side or is that a staple? Is that stuffing? Dressing, yeah, stuffing. Oh, God, yes. Is that is that a side? or? Yeah. No, that's a side. That, oh, that's a side. Um, listen, my mom, born and raised in Texas, so we used to go down there. So my, my favorite side would be fried okra. Mm. Now, I love mashed potatoes, but to me, mashed potatoes are in the main course. 
So I'm going to take a side of fried okra uh-huh. and a side of cornbread. <laughs> cornbread. Okay. Put a little butter on hot little mm. hot cornbread and mm. put just a little bit of honey on the cor. Oh, wow. Are you going to let yourself go? Yeah, food coma. I mean, are you kidding? <laughs> Thanksgiving. That that's and especially this year, oh, we yeah. have so much to be honestly so much to be thankful for in this hell of a year that uh, absolutely I hope everybody enjoys a food coma yeah absolutely happy Thanksgiving everybody last week is in the books now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week and no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings the leader in one day fantasy sports to add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Now, if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LOGAN. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. That's code LOGAN only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.